This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And here we are, Foxborough friends, to our Patriots pals. A little special time of year. Glee, exhaustion, excitement, analysis, all meet up at a spot I like to call the drafter math. Yes, that is the period of time after the NFL draft where everyone thinks they just got hold of the greatest new players that are going to drive them straight to insert name of city and stadium that is hosting the next Super Bowl. Of course, that'll be Las Vegas this year. Will the New England Patriots have taken in enough players to make a difference to actually get them out of the basement in the AFC East and back to the relevant track towards the playoffs that Robert Kraft so desperately wants. A dozen, a dirty dozen players were welcomed in over the course of three days in Kansas City for the 2023 NFL Draft for your Patriots. And on this very latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, your old pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart are here to tell you what we thought. Uh, we'll give you some general thoughts, then we'll go through the rounds, talk about our favorite picks overall, Look at some national grades people gave to them. Maybe a couple of players we wish they picked up along the way. And then maybe some final thoughts about how these players will integrate over the course of practice, training camp, and of course, the 2023 season. All right, Andy. What are your, what do they like to say? The uh, the, the grownups like to say, what are your 10,000 foot thoughts as to how the 2023 draft played out? Love it. Uh, love it because Christian Gonzalez, a guy that I thought you wouldn't have the ability to get or would have to trade up into the top five to eight picks to get, you actually traded down. You effed with me for a minute there. I wasn't real happy, Bill, but then it came back around and you got Christian Gonzalez, number one cornerback. You filled, in my opinion, the number one need heading into the draft was cornerback. And you filled it with arguably the best cornerback in the draft class. I know Dane Brugler, who I'm a big fan of, of uh, the athletic, the beast. His pre-draft report had Gonzalez as number one, Witherspoon, Skinny Man Forbes, whatever. You mm -hmm. got the guy I wanted. The comps to Stefan Gilmore are already happening. That's not good for him because Stefan Gilmore was the first cornerback to win defensive player of the year in a quarter of a century. So that's pretty high expectations. But, you know, 6'1", 200 pounds, a bigger corner, a true number one corner. And you and I were on WEEI draft night talking about mm -hmm. how this allows everybody else to fall into place, bump down a spot, assuming Gonzalez is a number one. That moves Jack Jones down to two, Jonathan Jones into the slot, Marcus Jones, you're an extra corner, Jalen Mills, you can go to safety. I love it. And I think drafts, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of draft talk and reaction, at least uh, superficially from fans mm -hmm. and media, first round pick, right? What'd you do with your first round pick? I think they nailed the absolute Hades out of their first round pick. You are in no position. No team really should whiff on their first round pick. It's pretty much a fundamental football belief, but the New England Patriots, <laughs> but they do. And sadly, the Patriots have either had their first round picks docked for garbage reasons in the past decade. They have whiffed on some first round picks. There is a graveyard, a reflecting pool and an eternal flame for all of the second round wide receivers and cornerbacks that they have whiffed on over the past 15 plus years. 
but we need not visit there right now because we are staring at Gillette Stadium with optimism based around at least the first round pick. And then we'll get into rounds two, three, and then four through seven, where there are actually a couple of players I really, really, really like. And I'm looking forward to watching audition for the team. But when we're talking straight up, Christian Gonzalez, A, both of us thought he would be gone by pick eight. B, I actually trolled our own Christian Fourier from Gresham Fourier when I put together the WEI staff uh, want and wish list for the Patriots. He said, go get a cornerback, get Christian Gonzalez. And I said, bro, he's going to be gone by 14. Pick somebody else. And yet still, he's like, no, this is the guy that I want. Now, maybe he had a Colorado bias because his son goes there and Gonzalez was there two years before transferring for a final season to Oregon. Fine. A little family bias, a little nepotism goes a long way. And guess what? They got him. The board, the way the Plinko board, Andy, since all roads basically lead back to food, Star Wars or the price is right for me. The way that the Plinko board played out for the Patriots in 2021 with Mac Jones falling to them. Ah, if they really liked him so much, why didn't they go get him? And then now in 2023, trading back, jock blocking the Jets from getting Broderick Jones. Emmanuel Forbes going to the commanders before them, thus allowing a guy that it seems like they tripped over themselves to put in the card when they saw that he was still available. That requires a level of patience and discipline and just plain, I'll say it, shit luck that all worked out in the Patriots' favor. And now they get a guy who I don't think any of us even wrapped our minds around what kind of impact he would have on the Patriots because we just plain never thought Someone like Christian Gonzalez, who's been described by his former coach at Oregon as a heat-seeking missile, a phenomenal special teams player. So, you know, Belichick is licking his chops on the eight rings, telling Linda what a great guy this guy's going to be. They're probably dreaming of ways all over the team to utilize this man. And then on top of it all, like you said, when you get comped to someone like Steph Gilmore, who is as smooth and fluid, a number one corner, a legitimate lockdown corner, something that is a position perhaps that's being almost phased out of the NFL and positionless defense. My man. I mean, even Gonzalez said himself that guys, that guys like that are who he models his game after he models his game. The player he loves watching most and wants to emulate most is Patrick Sertain. The second, um, if we can get 85% of that out of a guy, we never thought they could get their hands on please. Yes. And thank you. You just reminded me that I nailed this perfectly in that piece you put together. Just the direction was a little off. I said, stay put and take Broderick Jones. He went yep. with the Patriots pick <laughs> at number 14. And I said, or trade for Christian Gonzalez. Now, I didn't know. Flex on him, Hart. Trade that direction. I thought you have to trade the other <laughs> direction. To but how'd you go right. this way? You got him going this way, even though I thought you needed to go this way? Yep, yep, yep. But uh, yeah, so, and then to step back. So. Some of the criticisms of the draft, as we look at this sort of as a whole collective mm -hmm. of a dozen picks, was nothing for Mac because you go Christian Gonzalez, then you go Keon White, an edge guy, then you go Mapu, who's a special teamer slash hybrid linebacker, safety, fun athlete, defensive guy, positionless football, as you like to say, type guy. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, well, that'll really help Mac when you get all these. So Bill's defense of that on Friday night, his press conference was or not defense just maybe explanation you know free agency they went out and they got juju they went out and they got james robinson they went out and they got riley reef they went out and they got mike Kosecki, all on the offensive side of the ball and he's like well you know maybe we should assign some defensive players and then we would have drafted some offensive players like all he right. got a little defensive but he's actually true like right you know his whole mosaic thing well as you're putting together your 90-man roster they in free agency were more, I don't want to use the word aggressive because I'm not sure they were overly aggressive, but they filled out slots on offense more than they did on defense. And then defensively, the way the board fell or the way they pursued opportunities, they filled out spots on defense. So, and the, the, the Matt Grow response to that was sort of like, well, okay, so who do you want? If you want me to take somebody, you want me to take Christian Gonzalez off the team? Like, I'll use that pick on somebody else who's on the offense. Are you good with that? And I am not. I I mm. want Christian Gonzalez. I think he filled the biggest need. Now, as you get further down, could you go on in a different order? Could you go in a different direction with White or Mapo? Sure. But I think, I think they filled some needs, either in free agency or the draft, where, to me, it's all about competitive. My new word for the Patriots for the entire year is now competitive. I think they're going to be competitive at a lot of positions for roster spots and playing time. And I think they have a chance to be a competitive football team. The, the collection of talent 
will be, comp- I don't know if they'll be good. I, I, I don't know that. They may be, I keep saying this, they may be better and in last place. I think that is very much plausible for this football team. Be a better overall football team that finishes in last place. And I think the draft made them a better overall, more competitive football team. The two big words, the big C's, if you will. And I know you're not supposed to say, ah, okay, relax. But the big words they we've rhyme been using... with rock and punt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Terp, you'll just be editing that out. No, you won't. You'll leave it in there so we look like jackasses, both in this Twitter video that will probably be released around this very fine soundbite of yours, as well as the podcast. No, they have been competent and competitive. Mm-hmm. They added competence in the form of Bill O'Brien, ditching the reverse engineered offense of last year and the playbook that led Mac Jones to cry foul, get on the phone with people at Alabama and Denver, setting in motion the dysfunctional relationship between he and coach, which Bill Belichick spoke to last Friday. My God, I even think he mentioned Mac Jones by name. And yes, Andy, they will be competitive. They were competitive last year, all the way down to the fact that some of the needs that they addressed on special teams and in the secondary, if they hadn't dogged and plagued them up in Buffalo, that Buffalo team, as we mentioned way back then and subsequently saw in the playoffs, was ripe for the upset. And the Patriots just didn't have enough in terms of play calling, competence, and competitiveness. Now they have addressed that team-wide, I believe, with a stress on athleticism, defense, and special teams, three things, something they needed desperately, and two things that are at the heart and are the basic tenets of Belichick football. And I think overall they are going to be a much more competitive football team. They will be a competent football team. And at no point this year will you watch them and go, what am I watching? What is this? Take off your uniforms and show yourself to be the fakers that you are because the style of football you are playing is not indicative of Patriots football. Thus ends very Twitter-friendly and promotional video rant. So, you, I know, have some grades. We like the draft. We like Christian Gonzalez. I don't know. I really don't because we left the, the draft night radio show. That's a weird feeling where everybody's in love with the pick. Oh, no, no, no. You were high as a kite because you drank four energy drinks. So that was part of <laughs> you it. Were, you were that in a different spot. <laughs> but literally, actually not literally. Stop it, Andy. Adam Jones didn't like Christian Gonzalez, didn't like the draft. But literally everybody That's other a than Adam Jones yes. liked well, the draft. Now, it's very funny you say that because I have my list of the grades I aggregated uh, nationally for WEI.com. And I pull up a tweet from a friend of the program. Uh, who did actually join us uh, on the Rich Keefe Draft Party, a massive success at WEEI, and I'm looking forward to more full family broadcasts with you, me, Shime, and Keefe in the near future, perhaps even uh, on schedule release night. We shall see. Uh, Mike Giardi tweeted out yesterday, Monday, May 1st, around 4 p.m., asked personnel execs slash scouts from five different teams their thoughts on Christian Gonzalez's slide. That's in quotation marks. Uh, Giardi notes, I'm not a big fan of that term for what it's worth. The notes were lack of physicality and not just in the run game. Concerns about his play in big games. He was not good against Georgia that uh, this year in particular. That left a mark. And two of the personnel guys wondered if Gonzalez has the competitive spirit to go from good to great slash elite. My initial read on that, and this is not as a Pat's homer, Andy. This is more a, look, there might be two or three people tops that you can pull from the collegiate ranks airdrop right into an NFL offense or defense, and they will play at the exact same level. Yeah, he may have to bulk up a little bit. Yeah, maybe he has to work on his tackling. He does have good hands, but there's, correct me if I'm wrong, there are the signs, the marks, the makings, the the clay looks like it's very moldable into something highly desirable and productive for a professional football team, correct? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And the physicality doesn't really bother me because I don't think, NFL defensive back play is an overly physical position anymore. It's like some other sports where, you know, it's about finesse. It's about playmaking. It's about the uh, the beauty of the game. And if he can, Bill Belichick once said when talking about cornerbacks, there's there's guys that prevent the completion, and then there's good tacklers who prevent run after catch and just stop it. He's a prevent the completion guy, in my opinion. He has the length. He runs a 4-3-3. He's one of three players they drafted that run a 4-3-3. They that up is speed. fast. That is fast. It reminds me of a, a young Andy Hart. No, doesn't actually. He's nothing like a young Andy Hart. He's good. Um, so and and the the competitive nature thing we'll find out because I always think that is the great unknown: the work ethic, the competitive nature, the desire to be great. But did you notice there the the negatives were 
does he have it to go from good to great? So you're telling me the floor is a good cornerback? Because I'll mm. take the floor being a good cornerback in the National Football League with the upside of motivation, coaching, work ethic, turning him into a great cornerback. But if you're telling me at the very least the Patriots got a good cornerback, I think that right there in and of itself is a home run for them. And then you add on the opportunity or possibility. So I, I no, I don't have, I don't have, and Steph Gilmore, the comp, um, if you didn't know Steph Gilmore and see what played out, I think you would look at the personality and the soft-spoken nature and question his competitive desire. Oh, not everybody needs to be Jalen Ramsey getting out of a Brinks truck and screaming and yelling and, you know, any like there's different ways to be a competitor at the cornerback position. Darrell Revis was not overly outspoken, right? Revis nope, Island. I never I don't remember hearing very much from Revis nope. Island during the course of his career. Now you no. can't all be Akib Talib and be a personality and an entertainer. Correct. You're not all going to be Ty Law, who has 10 personalities and is a legitimate, has star power on and off the field. Sometimes these guys are quiet killers. Sometimes you're as effective as a Jason Tatum but you maybe wish there was a little more of that outward dog like in a Jimmy Butler to cross sports because we're having these debates these days. We're watching a Miami Heat team surge towards the Eastern Conference Finals while Jason Tatum's having difficulty winning home games that they were favored by 10 points in and they shot 80% in the first half. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't need that at all. I don't need that at all, especially I actually kind of like, I think we've even mentioned this before. Uh, We'll sort of like wrap on this general note and then we'll get into grades rounds two and three and then beyond in a second. But I always just want to know when you meet somebody, when you can sort of like see the comp, like the confidence, the calm, cool collectedness. If they, if you can see that they have that it factor, right. And if you can gauge that they have that something special to play such a difficult position in the NFL against elite receivers with offensive formations designed to screw with your brain 24, seven, 365. It's that I'd let this guy fly a plane. I'd let this guy operate on me. I'd let this guy represent me in court. Does Christian Gonzalez seem, or at least have we heard that he seems to have the kind of cool necessary to do that? Yes, which makes this a home run. And I would dare say, Andy, probably the best first round pick the Patriots have had since the Donta Hightower Chandler Jones draft. Yeah, we hope. I mean, we we'll hope. See. Like, I think people liked the Nikhil Harry pick until he got to training camp and they watched Nikhil Harry. Or, you know, I think there's some others. Obviously, people are going to get more excited about a cornerback than a guard out of mm -hmm. lower-level football like a year ago, Cole Strange. So um, they took a sexier position. And I love it because if you hit on Cole Strange, okay, you've hit on a guard. If you hit on Christian Gonzalez, you've hit on a transformational talent who, you know what the toughest part will be? deciding whether you hand him $120 million after his third or fourth NFL season. Like, hopefully, that's the conversation we're having in a couple of years, is how much is he worth? And it's going to be awesome to watch the Jaguars or the Texans do that. <laughs> uh, and there have been discussions I've seen online as well about will he start immediately? Can he get his technique refined? Yes. He'll, I, mean, I think so as well. Will he play uh, the outside? Will that kick John Jones yes. off the boundary and back inside? I think so as well. Uh, guess what? These are all great options and great problems for Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo, Bill Belichick, and company to have. And we look forward to watching them play out on the field and discussing them right here with you. I actually think he's going to contact Marcus Smart and ask him if his designer of his DPOY uh, robe can get him a DROY robe. DR that's D can we start calling him Droy? Droy. Droy. Uh, could be preemptive, but uh, odds right now, I think it's plus 1,100 on FanDuel Sportsbook. I think those odds are going to drop pretty quick. Might want to get in on that action right now Might as be. well. All right, here we are. We're going to move on now. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, at Six Rings Pod at FitzyGFY at Jumbo Heart. Let's get into some overall draft grades and start breaking down the second day and the third day of the Patriots draft. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Andy, uh, in a piece I put together overall at .com, uh, the grades, as we, as I said earlier, mostly were the lowest I saw was a C- minus for the Patriots draft grade. That was from the Sporting News. Their big line was, after Christian Gonzalez, and this was the one constant, every single draft grade I saw, Bleacher Report, ESPN, Fox Sports, NFL.com, except Pro Football Focus, they all said the same thing. Christian Gonzalez was a home run or their grade was skewed by how much they liked Christian Gonzalez or Christian Gonzalez and the Patriots day two picks, which we'll break down in just a second. But then there were a lot of question marks about what they did later on in the draft. Did they really need to trade up in round four for Chad Ryland? Of course they had to get two specialists. I think you and I both believe they needed two specialists as well. Um, couldn't they have grabbed a tight end, a developmental tight end, even if they weren't going to get one of the top tight ends? Macro said they went really quickly, so they must have had high grades on them. Uh, there was a lot of questioning of the day three picks, but universally it feels like the day one and day two picks were lauded, applauded, and if not beloved by most draft experts. Yeah, um, Keon White is a guy I've made some comparisons to in two different ways. One, I think talent-wise, he could be a rich man's Dietrich Wise. I think he has more upside than Dietrich Wise, but I think there are a lot of athletic similarities, versatility similarities, even um, some similarities in kind of Dietrich Wise can be imposing and look like mm -hmm. a man who is intimidating. And Dietrich Wise is one of the nicest men that'll come through that Patriots locker room. I think Keon White, we saw when his reaction to the draft pick, like, he can look like a pretty intimidating mofo. Um, and then you think, uh, what, 6'5, 285 and carved out of stone? Yeah. An angry face when somebody asked yeah, him a and question and he shook his head like, no. Handsome and emotionless and with a mean spirit, you know, that with the, the, the viral photos of him compared to Belichick that went, you know, active on Friday night. Look, I, I said to when people ask me, like, yo, hey, you know, Nick, what do you think of this guy? What's, a, what's he, what's, what's the comp? And I was like, well, look. I've watched just a little tape on him, just like other people that were, weren't ready to ha hear his name read on Friday night. Um, and apparently the Patriots loved him so much, Andy. If they didn't get Gonzalez, they may have put in a card at 17 for Keon White, apparently. Didn't you they know that's what it always is? They would have gotten Chad Jackson in the first round. They would have gotten Christian Barmore in the first round. They would have gotten Keon White in the first round. Every I, second that... round pick they could have taken in the first round. That's how good these guys are. <laughs> of course. And yesterday we heard a story that Jameer Gibbs, that the Lions jumped on him on 12. See, I think that's all smoke. Uh, zero it chance. Be, it better be, or everybody should be fired in the Patriots P, uh, personnel department. I, if you were I, interested in Gibbs at, at 14, get the hell out. Bye. Go. And yeah, that's the la that is not a pressing need for you as well, and people are still stunned that the Lions gave DeAndre Swift up for a song to the Eagles. Yeah, thanks for fortifying their ranks. I, I instantly putting them right back in the NFC Championship, because they had Inarguably, I think the best draft and the best weekend overall. The Lions pulled an inverse Belichick. He trades Shaq Mason, creating a hole, then takes Cole Strange. They draft a running back, and everybody's like, why? You don't really need that. They overdraft him, just like Cole Strange, yep. and then they trade the running. Oh, okay. Well, are you any better, or did you just kind of move some pieces around? Yeah, you let Jamal Williams go when the guy has a career year, says he loved Detroit, scores 17 touchdowns. He leaves, goes somewhere else. You get David Montgomery because you think he's better. Okay. Now you've got that feature back to go along with Swift, but you fall in love with Gibbs, even though you have other needs. You should have been taking Christian Gonzalez. You should have let someone else further down the draft take Gibbs. It was just, it was, it was all very strange. Um, but my comp or what I think could end up happening with Keon White is you could either be looking at the next Demarcus Lawrence if everything works out, or you could be looking at the next Vernon Golston. Uh, well, I mean, the Golston thing, I don't really, he, he's a second round pick, so... Vernon Golston no. was the fourth pick in the No, draft. I know, but I'm just in terms of like the the specimen and the uh, the playing type and what like You can be like what do you think of Dietrich Wise? Is he a good player, not a good player like uh as he told me last year when he was uh when I ran into him at a fundraiser at the stadium, uh he told me his parents were very happy because he was the sixth season overnight success. <laughs> it, well, that's what we joked about. I You're love him. I dude, 
okay, I've so told you before, kid, you don't get nicer people. Be you don't get if he was if he was the fifth pick in the draft, he'd be an absolute bust. He, he wouldn't have got, he wouldn't be with the Patriots because right. he wouldn't be on that second contract. So that's my that's my um differentiation here is Keon White is a first round pick. He was in Kansas City, he was in the green room, he wasn't Will Levis, but he was similarly in that oh. spot. And then he leaves and he goes in the second round to the Patriots. I think his versatility, he does not have to come right in and dominate. He can rotate through with the other talents that are there. Christian Barmore, Dietrich Wise, Lawrence Guy. He has versatility to be edge versatility to bump inside. I love everything about this pick. I don't really know why people don't like it. He's a developing player. That's the other thing I know Patriots like guys that they feel like there's room for coaching and growth and improvement. He's been, he was a former tight end at old dominion before he got to Georgia tech. So he's sort of still early on in the process of becoming a professional edge player. So upside through the roof, six, five, two eighty five. Like I said, doesn't look like he's carrying an ounce of body fat, 30 presses of 225 at the combine arms that go down. Yeah. yeah you know, basically <laughs> there you go, bro. Yeah. Four, three, three and 30 on the press. You got it, bro. Uh, yeah. There's room for this guy to grow. He could be a, a tremendous asset for the team this season in a situational capacity. And then a tenant of the evolving defense for Belichick slash Mayo and company beyond for years to come. I love, and also seems like he's got his head on a swivel and it's screwed on straight. The mm -hmm. fact that uh, he's smart, looks like he's done modeling, uh, did, did a bunch of different jobs. No, he's like done all this. Like his background is fascinating. Like pizza delivery guy, businessman, done marketing. Um, Got hurt when he slipped on a wet T-shirt on a basketball court and dislocated his ankle and then popped it back in himself. <laughs> fascinating human being. He really is like. He's the most what, interesting man in the world. The most. That's it. We're going to start a new series every week on the podcast. The most interesting man in Foxborough. Stay thirsty, my Foxborough friends. Uh, I, I I went from who the hell is this guy to damn, I love this pick with him. Okay, now, so I need you to break down for the audience a little bit more about the third round pick, who I believe there was fear in the hearts of a lot of people Friday night when Mel Kuyper ended the day two ESPN broadcast by saying Keon White was his favorite pick. Apparently everyone in Foxborough and Pat's nation and beyond thinks that pumpkin pie eating uh, majestic haired son of a gun is the last person you should be taking optimistic draft talk from. However, Daniel Jeremiah at move the sticks from NFL network said, I think he thought Marte Mapu, their third round draft pick from Sacramento state was maybe his favorite player overall in his favorite pick that day. So tell the people listening right now, Andy, why they may fall in love with this guy and fall in love quick. Because I think he's a modern football player. I think he might be a poor man's Kyle Duggar type, Adrian Phillips, in the mold of what they've been pursuing. Belichick has pursued these hybrid safety linebacker types for literally more than a decade in various forms and fashions. And as, as you've mapped out, it's it's as you have mapped out, it's kind of modern football. That was pretty good. Um, wasn't my best, but it was pretty good. Uh, he our, is, our scale of good is so different. Than everyone. Hey, we're talking day two of the NFL draft. This is where you have a little fun. Um, from Sacramento State, 6'3", 221. The interesting part of him is didn't run. Um, don't really have a 40 number on him. He tore his pec. Hasn't really worked out for teams. Oof. Had surgery. My guess is there's a possibility he starts the year on PUP or is at least limited early in the season, which is fine because you have depth at this position. Um, I think the floor for him, you know, we talked about one of the scouts kind of saying, is he a good corner or a great corner? The floor for him is a core special teamer. And at the very least, he will be a guy that can cover kicks, can be, you know, six special teams, do everything for you. Now, I think some Patriots fans would probably have a fear like, oh, Tavon Wilson was a big, fast, safety hybrid guy. He never worked out. I'm not saying this is a home run, but as a guy who was the whatever conference that is, Sacramento State, big sky, I believe, defensive player of the year, this is a guy that can absolutely make plays on fourth down and I think is at worst a developmental um, defensive rotational chess piece for Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo. Um, he's a modern defensive football player in, in my mind. And I know a lot of people were worked up. Oh, this is where Bill starts doing his thing. A lot of people thought he was getting drafted in the area where he was drafted late third, early fourth round pick. Um, I know I always go back to it. The athletic Dane Brugler, that's where he had, uh, Mapu rated. 
And so I think this is an interesting athlete. I think he's an athlete more than a honed football player. I think he's going to fly all around the field at whatever down you tell him to and try to get the guy with the ball, whether it's the kicking game or on defense. So maybe a little leverage too. I know you and others were big on draft a year too early. And this is a guy that I think gives you some depth behind Duggar and company because the other part is Adrian Phillips isn't getting any younger. We fixate on Duggar being a free agent. And yeah, he could ask for a boatload of money and could end up elsewhere. Adrian Phillips, to me, at any point now, as a former special teamer turned safety, turned linebacker, could sh- start to shart, could start <laughs> to show the wear and tear on his career. Mapu gives you a developmental body in that mold. Yeah, you've got potential. I won't say redundancy, but you've got coverage and ba- you've got someone to develop. You've got potential backup for Duggar, for Adrian Phillips, for pet like. They're obviously expanding the safety profile. Looks like Jalen Mills will slide in, like we've mentioned before, for Devin McCourty. A guy like Mapu, in when we haven't found seen a linebacker step in the Cameron McGrone experiment. Oh, where were we for that one? What a disaster it turned out to be. Much I better took, chance this guy plays a contributing role for the Patriots. I you know me. I never bought yep. into the Cam McGrone thing. Nope. I am I took the laps the on that one. I I did. I Eight did years. Eight, seven and a half years. Give me the over on his Patriots career. He will be in New England for eight years and you will like him. For Marte Mapu, really? Yeah. I like, I'm pleased by all means, but I do have you know to what ask. The story of his uh, career development will be? What's that? Mapu Quest. No, oh, no, no. Oh, that's no. good right there. <laughs> oh, no. That was, that's, it doesn't get much worse than that. Uh, what it does, I don't even know where to go. Like that's literally Jake that's Andrews. Train go to Jake Andrews, a center. Okay, no, no, no. We're gonna get. We'll get to Jake Andrews in a second. I just want to finish rounding up with this, um, uh, in this little portion here. Andy, you just mentioned it. Um, the whole idea. There was a question I kept asking that I thought was a pertinent one for this overall draft. Do you believe with guys like White and Mapu who will fight and compete for playing time, perhaps um, in a limited role or situationally in their first year? They look like they could be great football players. We'll see how they develop. You said they have room to grow and they're already physically gifted. Did the Patriots overall draft for now? Did they draft for the future or did they do sort of a combination therein where they will be more competitive and competent this year? And they may actually even be much better in 2024 because we got, we have impending free agents all over the place on this team that needed addressing. So I think they kind of did a little bit of both personally. Yeah, I mean, the first pick is straight need, in my opinion, the cornerback pick. After that, I think it was a blending of best player available, some need, some this year, some next year. I also think somewhere along the way, um, I don't think they really liked this draft. I don't think they thought it was a high quality, you know, depth of talent from one to 279 or whatever the final Mr. Irrelevant pick was. I That's why I think it was even easier to take special teamers, projects, flyers, kickers, punters, because... Overall, you weren't passing on very much talent to take some of those chances. But no, I th- I think it was a little blending of the the now and the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I think some of these guys will definitely contribute uh, moderately, if not significantly, to the 2023 team, both the ones we've discussed and the ones we're about to discuss. And yes, they are preparing for if Duggar doesn't get signed to a long-term extension, if Adrian Phillips starts to break down or shows a little wear and tear, like you mentioned, if Mike Onwenu wants a payday, and goes elsewhere. If David Andrews and the many injuries he's suffered over the last couple of years catch up to him, they're making sure that they have depth at the ranks. Uh, once again, it's at Six Rings Pod with your pals at Fitzy GFY at Jumbo Heart. Please share, rate, review, subscribe. Questions, we love them all. Hopefully, we're giving you all the necessary draft coverage possible and the analysis and perspective. You, the diehard football fan and the Patriots know it all, come to the table for. Let's move on to rounds four through seven. Day three, Andy, a fascinating and if not possibly most polarizing day for draft experts, local media, Pats fans, and beyond. Let's go. Let's go this way. First and foremost, tell me your favorite day three pick and then tell me your least favorite day three pick. Hmm. I think my least favorite might be the first one. I'm not sold on Jake Andrews, the center out of Troy. Uh, Good experience. um, Probably taking a few rounds too early. Um, Has some depth. I know Matt Groh, all these offensive linemen. I mean, has some versatility. I know Matt Groh tried to talk up. You know, Jake can play guard and center. 
and City Sow can play tackle and guard, and like there's some overlapping depth there. All powerful guys. That's the one thing I'll say. Looks like they drafted some big, mean, physical, powerful dudes for the middle of the line. Um, so, but I just I'm a little dubious of a, a Troy center in the fourth round. Um, my favorite pick is probably in a draft like this. Booty, booty call. Oh. I, I like what, what do you lose? What do you lose with him? Like Boo Tay. I, I mean, absolutely. I'm so, ah, oh man, if he works out, Andy, now I'm not going to be like, cause you'll grab it and then I'll have to do another lap for it. If he turns out, I just want a productive receiver. I want an NFL receiver. I saw a few people going way out over their skis on Twitter saying like, if this guy works out, they got the next Steph Diggs for nothing. Okay, sure. And okay, if yeah. my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. Um, <laughs> but there's reason to be, we, we need to go back. The beauty of social media, immediately after this year's draft, they put out projections for the top 10 picks in next year's draft. A year ago, that included mm-hmm. Kayshawn Booty out of LSU. Fastest LSU wide receiver to 100 career catches, freshman All-American. And then his career kind of went sideways. There was an ankle injury. There was an off-field incident. He has a child, like three different offensive coordinators in three years. I, I maybe, mean, I, don't I, I think he's maybe he and Brian Kelly weren't on the same page. Who knows? And I might side with Boutte on that because I think Brian mm-hmm. Kelly's one of the biggest douches in all of football. Oh, he had, um, I, I think he is the mayor of Dinkopolis. Not a fan. But again, but, but like last year, though, that uh, I, d- I take so kindly to what y'all having me here since I'm from fraud. Boston. What a fraud. fraud. I know. And I, and I don't throw that a word around too often and I don't do it loosely, but that there's a lot of it's really just him and Tom Brady. Um, but still at times though, in his 2022 season, Boutte flashed like against Georgia, they lose in the sec championship 50 to 30. He went for six, a buck seven and a touchdown and still showed the kind of burst you would want a wide receiver one, two, or an outside guy to display when he catches the ball in space. I just don't know what it's going to take for Troy Brown, Bill O'Brien and company to be able to get him to play with the kind of consistency they'll need for him to flourish. If they can, then you have an absolute steal. And there's a reason why when pro football focus tweeted out an image of who do you think were the, uh, it was an image of a player. And then it said, who were the biggest steals of the 2023 draft? Kayshawn Butte was the guy that they put as the picture of that one. So there are a lot of people that know a lot about football, some of which Andy Hart doesn't believe in or subscribe to, which is fine. But there's a there's a belief that Boutte may be the steal of the draft, uh, which would be awesome because we were all yelling like, it could be Jackson Smith and Jigba. I want Zay Flowers. Then I was opining for Josh Downs. He's available. He goes to Indianapolis. He may be the steal at, at 79 for them. I wanted Tank Dell. Who knows? Maybe he turns out to be a star. But don't you want to take a boomer bust flyer on a receiver talent like that? I do. And he doesn't have to be a star to still be a good pick. He can come in and be a uh, a better version of, say, Christian Wilkerson. If he's just your fourth or fifth receiver early on in his career, that's fine. You took him in the sixth round. He's a developmental guy. I, I'm not sure you're ever going to get the consistent upside. I think there's definitely probably some maturity issues with this guy and some sort of straight line focus on the the task at hand kind of questions, but he doesn't have to be that. If he has games where he has a couple touchdowns, if he has games where he has six catches for 85 yards, you can get return on investment on a pick in the sixth round. So in some ways, I think his, his previous expectations help him in that people are like, that's a steal. He's got this. He's it may hurt him because I think people are still maybe latching on to what his upside is. Screw his upside. Just make the team and be a, a rotational receiver. And that's value. Like that's enough. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll worry about the expectations uh, and ceiling of Tyquan Thornton. Cause he was a second round right. pick last year and was the fastest guy in the 2022 combine. I would like to see him live up to his speed, everything I heard about him and his second round pick for a guy like Butte, who was picked on day three at that point, if anyone on day three makes your team and works out because the Patriots took 12 players overall, nine players, Mrs. Bueller, nine players on day three with a host of fourth round picks that they turned into three fourths, a fifth, four sixths and a seventh. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's do, let's do it this way. I'm going to run through all nine picks from day three. I want the Andy Hart, Patriots, know-it-all, serious football guy, okay. SFG himself. I want an instant grade out of all nine. Ready? Here we go. Pick number 107 from the Los Angeles Rams, guard, Jake and guard Leonard, Jake Andrews out of Troy. Uh, I'm going to say C minus. I have questions about his developmental upside, bit of a reach, but um, I do think it's nice to have a developmental center behind Andrews, who is mm-hmm. Andrews, because apparently in New England, if you play cornerback, your name is Jones. And if you play center, your name is Andrews. Uh, so I'll give that a C minus. All right. Round four, pick 112 in a trade up with the New York Jetropolitans place kicker. Chad Ryland from Maryland. A kicker did go in the third round. It should be noted. Uh, Robbie Gould is no longer with the San Francisco 49ers. They are going to be rolling with the guy I thought the Pats would get after. Jake Moody, the kicker from Michigan. So 112, Chad Ryland. Love the pick. Only player in NFL history whose last name is the last six letters of the school he went to. So I think that's very valuable to know. Uh, Second best kicker in the draft. We knew they would take a kicker. And I guarantee... He will be with the team moving forward, whether he wins the job and he's your kicker or he's on IR or PUP or something. I think you will have two kickers and two punters stick with the organization for the bulk of the season. You, Bill Belichick has a pretty good track record drafting kickers. Steven Gostowski worked out. I'm mm-hmm. going to ignore the Hrawasser one. That was uh, yeah. well. Um, 3% so, of us did not like that. Yeah, no. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'll give that a A. I mean, you got the second best kicker and you needed a kicker. I just don't think you needed to take him there. And I think maybe San oh, Francisco. All right, maybe whatever. I'm glad they took a kicker. I said they were going to take a punter and a kicker. I had to deal with so many friggin' idiots online and wherever else. Like when I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots, just because it's Rutgers punter and people think you're leaning on the old Rutgers joke, you got to deal with all these bozos online that are like, oh, you're still going to lean on that joke. Oh, you really think everything has to be Rutgers? Oh, yeah, Belichick loves kickers and special teams. He does. Look at the draft. Look at how many interior offensive linemen. Look how many special teams worthy guys there are. And they're the first team since the Raiders of 2000 to take a punter and a kicker in the same draft. I thought they would go after Adam Corsack, the punter from Rutgers, because he was the Ray guy winner and had 34 punts inside the 20 last year, which apparently is mind-blowing at any level. They go after a different punter. And as far as Chad Ryland goes, uh, made a 50-yard plus kick every single year. Good on extra points. Pretty accurate kicker. But... Here's the big thing, Andy. He said he loves cold weather and loves kicking in the cold. I think that is exactly what turned the screw for Belichick and company. Yeah. We'll see if that's true. We'll see if he likes that with the new DraftKings Plaza and the giant and the the reconfigured weather pattern and wind pattern. When he kicks it. Okay. Round four, pick 117, City Sow, offensive lineman, Eastern Michigan. Uh, I like it. Um, Big Canadian born fella. Um, we talked about these guys are sort of all big and powerful, 6'5", 323, uh, lots of experience. He'd be one of those sort of super seniors we've talked about that's mm-hmm. almost 25 years old, um, but 44 games at left guard, 11 at left tackle. My guess is he's a guard. As I said, Matt Groh tried to spin some of these guys into a little more flexible. I think they are. I think he's an interior offensive lineman, um, but big, powerful, my kind of guard uh, and, and where you take him. This is where I think you should take guards, not in the first round. I think you take a few in the third, fourth, fifth round and hope one of them hits. I think one of these guys could hit being on Wenu replacement moving forward. So city Sal, plus I kind of like his name. Yeah. I uh, was over 400 pounds at one point in his life, played rugby, a giant immovable human who very well could be Mike on Wenu insurance. All right. Now we move to the fifth round. One we had actually comped to the Patriots in some of our draft previews at WEI.com. Antonio Mafi, offensive lineman, UCLA, another big boy on the interior. 
Big, powerful dude. Um, if you go by the draft ratings, maybe taken a little higher than some expected. Uh, I'm sure some fans have seen that picture of him playing rugby at a younger age when his thighs are basically the size of the kids he's Oh, that was with. he. I confused him with Sal. I Paul Antonio Mafi was the one that was 400 yeah. pounds that played rugby. My God, trunks. Yep, he's a former D tackle. So there's a little bit of the Keon White here where he's only really been an offensive lineman for two years. So there's still some developmental room. UCLA, what does that mean? Adrian Clem, they have they share a history uh, at that school, some familiarity, and Clem is going to be the guy charged with coaching him up and getting him to be a professional and more technique-based, but I think just raw power, sort of what it looks like they, you know, some positions they went raw speed. We'll get to the four, three, three guys later, but at guard, they basically said, Yeah, what does he weigh? Does he have sand in his pants? Can he move people? Is he powerful? We'll teach him the rest. We'll find a way to teach him the rest. So I think Mafi uh, falls into that. I'd give he and Sal both a B plus for a pick right there. Sounds like you're in the same ballpark. Sal uh, about that. Uh, how about it? Not too sour on no, that no, one no, either. No. Moving on. Round six. We are. We both love Kayshawn Butte. I'm going to give mm -hmm. that one an A. Hopefully it works out. And if it doesn't work out, whatever. I still like it. Uh, Bryce Barringer, uh, who looks like a, with his team photo, looks like a shop teacher. Looks like a young Pedro Pascal. I love it. He's got a whole vibe about him. Smart kid, big leg, uh, biggest kicker, biggest punter in the NFL, excuse me, in college football last year. Over 20 kicks down inside the 20 as well. Ray Guy, finalist, uh, solid pick. Yeah, I, I mean. And he me, kicks in crap weather. It's the weather out there sucks during football season. But this is always a crap shoot. It really is mm -hmm. with these specialists. I mean, we've seen so many that are good to start, flame out, flame out, and then catch on elsewhere. You can't just rely on a powerful leg. I mean, Jake Bailey lived the whole lifestyle in New England, all pro to suspended to out to like. So again, though, I think both of these guys are competing for a potential roster spot, starting job, and or just a developmental year, right? Maybe they go oh. with the, the guy from Denver, and this is a developmental year, but big, powerful leg, number one punter in the draft. You got the number one. Mm -hmm. You needed a punter. You got the number one punter. We'll see what happens. Yes, and again, I just want to point out that one of the sneaky needs on special teams was kicker punter. That's why we believe they would do it. Wasn't That's why sneaky. they became. Yeah, I no, but Phil other Perry people. For this. No, but everyone told people like... they weren't going to take one, and I think Phil Perry created Nonsense. a weird expectation. I don't know what no, Phil Perry dude. doing, and I'm doing TV with him tonight, and I'm going to yell at him. I hope you do, because please bring up the fact that last year, one of the things that dragged on the Patriots during the, uh, we, call, we you and I called it the Polardi party, mm. was that when Jake Bailey went down with his squatting injury, and he couldn't do kickoffs anymore, not to mention punt, you have Nick Folk on kickoff duty, because uh, Tristan Vizcaino did not stick around, and you couldn't, he, he wasn't effective enough. So you have Nick Folk, so you lose about 10 yards on kickoffs plus he can't kick field goals over 50 yards and then Pilardi you lose about 10 yards on average with the punts as well and he wanted to even that that great with his aim or dropping him in the 20 as well you ended up with kickoff return touchdowns you have much longer kickoffs you lose all this field position if Ryland is at least decent and can handle kickoffs and Bryce Barringer can come in and actually punt the ball and has no ghosts in his closet like punters of pat punters and place kickers of past in re recent year in the AFC East, then I think it's a win for the team. So that's a need they definitely addressed. All right. And now we get to the final three picks, or as Andy likes to call it, the 4-3-3 club. We've got Demario Douglas, wide receiver, Liberty, round six, right after him, Amir Speed. My God, what a name for a guy a, <laughs> for a developmental cornerback. He's out of Michigan State. And the final pick, Deion Sanders' favorite pick, round seven, 245, Isaiah Bolden, cornerback Jackson State it should be noted Amir Speed played like th these guys barely ever played their position they're all like special team flyers except for Douglas who looks like the potential speedy slot receiver guy that nobody mentioned so these are special teams picks with upside Demario Douglas uh, slot receiver very productive I love that he got better every year literally his production got better every year it's weird I think that's a really good sign in a player that developmental tract um he has some punt return ability, does have a tendency to muff the ball, which Miles Bryant taught us is not fun to watch on television. So mm -hmm. please don't do that, uh, Demario mm -hmm. Douglas. But I'm sure when he gets with Troy Brown, that'll help his uh, return abilities. He's the undersized slot guy. Interesting, I think both these receivers, they took Booty and Douglas slot guys. Amir Speed, 
Beyond the name, which is fun, beyond the speed, which isn't just the name, it is describing of his play, 4-3-3, dude just smells like a special teamer. 6-3-2-0-9-4-3-3, you can cover kicks in the NFL for the next 10 years, and you can be really good at it. Um, started out at Georgia, never had a career there. Played some secondary at Michigan State, but I do think is probably targeted to join uh, Brandon Schooler in the Schooler Rock uh, special teams core yep. category. And then Isaiah Bolden, another 4-3-3 guy, kickoff returner. Again, we've talked about Marcus Jones. Where does his role go? You've added guys that could pick up some slack in the return game if he focuses energies elsewhere. Just gives you some depth there. But again, 6-2-201-4-3-3. There's not a lot of guys that are 6-3 over 200 pounds and run a four, three, like that's a small group. And you got a couple of them in the late rounds. I like it. Yep. You're going to need somebody. Brendan Schooler is already a staple of special teams. Brother school as Matthew Slater calls him. This definitely will be Matthew Slater's last year. You're going to need a new Matthew Slater. Eventually a mere speed, a wide receiver cornerback like that. You can't teach size and speed like that. Andy, I'd like to remind everyone if someone's going to become a new Troy Brown type Demario Douglas, uh, Troy Brown was drafted. I know. I'm just saying like, you can also sometimes find these value guys. He was pick 198 way back when in the eighth round of the draft, many, many moons ago, maybe they find a diamond in the rough. Maybe it doesn't pan out. There've been a million types and uh, receivers of that size and speed that have worked out and a bunch that haven't at that spot. And Isaiah Bolden again, could be another high quality developmental secondary player, but most likely a special teamer which is excellent. Uh, overall, Andy, I am going to slap this draft with a B+. Plus. Uh, I was going to go B, so I'll stay B. You're a little more positive than I. I got to be the negative one, the objective one on this show. But, right. you know, I start at the top of the draft with uh, Christian Gonzalez, home run pick, and then some of the questionable picks on the bottom. I can at least see why they were made, what the developmental hope mm -hmm. is with these guys. So uh, I like it. I, I, I don't really have a lot of qualms. I know uh, locally there's been some real criticisms of it, but I, I'm very much, very much okay. That's my supportive stance. <laughs> the 2023 New England Patriots. We're going to be very much okay. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> very much okay is the new let's go. I love it. All right, folks, we'll be back in a couple of days. What we'll do then is we'll talk about What's going on in phase two of the Patriots voluntary offseason practices? We'll have audio from some new players as well to discuss as different players meet with the media for the first time. Juju Smith-Schuster should be stepping to the microphone pretty soon, so we'll be blogging and talking about that. We will catch up with the undrafted free agents as the New England Patriots have scoured the ranks of those who didn't make it on draft day, but they still decided to extend an invitation and maybe some pretty nice paychecks too as well. What's going on with Mac? and so much more. Thanks once again for tuning in to Six Rings and Football Things. This has been our Draft Recap 2023. Thoughts, questions, inquiries, suggestions, and more. Hit us up at FitzyGFY, at Jumbo Heart, and at Six Rings Pod. For producer Justin Turpin, my co-host with the co-most, Andy Hart. This is Nick Fitzy Stevens saying thanks very much for listening. Good day. God bless. Go Pats. We are very much okay. Okay.